Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this More Stuff About the City Monday episode. We're going to be talking to Bob Apple, former city council here in the city of Spokane. He termed out a few years back. We're going to jump into a conversation about city government and, and maybe government overall. We'll probably dive into a few other topics that affect the city but may not be decided in the city because our state government obviously has a heavy hand to play. We're going to have that conversation after inspiration. Our inspiration today is God's epic story. Life Magazine's July 12, 1968 cover displayed a horrifying photograph of starving children. A young boy, distressed, took a copy of the magazine to the pastor and asked, Does God know about this? The pastor replied, I know you don't understand, but yes, God knows about that. The boy walked out declaring he was uninterested in such a God. These questions disturb not only children, but all of us. Alongside an affirmation of God's mysterious knowledge, I wish that boy had heard about the epic story God is continuing to write, even in places like the former nation of Nigeria. Jesus unfolded his story for his followers, those who assumed he'd shield them from hardship. Christ told them instead that in this world you will have trouble. What Jesus did offer, however, was his promise that these evils weren't the end. In fact, he'd already overcome the world, and in God's final chapter, every injustice will be undone, every suffering healed. Genesis to Revelation recounts the story of God destroying every unthinkable evil, making every wrong right. The story presents the loving one whose interest in us is unquestioned. Jesus said to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. May we rest in his peace and presence today. Heavenly Father, it's hard for us to see how you'll right all of the evils, but we trust you to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's a, a Facebook post that I put up that, you know, in writing the evils, what he's done is he's put strict immigration policy on heaven. And so those that have done the evils will just have to go to America. I mean, you know, where the open borders are. So, you know, that we'll have wide open borders for those that yeah, we have don't done wrong. Yeah, we don't want to go. cut it out. <laughs> That's right. So we're looking at the city of, of Spokane and stuff going on here in Washington State. And uh, Bob Apple in the studio with us today. You just heard his voice. Yeah, Thanks for how coming you doing? In. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So you're looking at city government. And you left office, we had a much smaller state budget, much smaller city budget, more accountable government, and now it's out of control. Uh, you, I think the homeless spending is more than the city's budget was back when you were well, I don't know, council. but I do know we're spending three times as much money as our city budget was back when I was there more than a decade ago. A decade ago. So it's it's been, uh, what was it, 2011? Yep. It was your last year in office? That was it. Okay, so 2011, you left city government, and at that point in time, the city of Spokane was pretty solvent, I thought. Yeah, we're, yeah, we were right on the right course, getting stuff done. I don't think that's continued, though. <laughs> well, the budget's gotten out of control. There's Definitely. been a, a, a lot of spending into... You know, art projects and intersections and, and just, you know, throwing money everywhere, you know, doubling the price of the uh, rebuild of our Riverfront Park. So the budget's just out of control in every aspect. Yeah, I, I, I served on the park board, but I left after our 
park, swimming pool, and play field improvements bond, which we actually did a phenomenal job. And I, but I left and then they passed this riverfront park bond and have spent, I think, nearly twice what the public agreed to pay. And that was twice as much as the pools and play fields and all the other parks combined. Well, yeah. And we ended up with one great part. Now they want to try to pass. Actually, I don't know if they're going to put it on the ballot or not, but the parks board was wanting to pass another measure, even though we're buried under debt because of the riverfront park deal, even though they stole money from neighborhoods to for riverfront park on top of the, the the monies (laughs) that they actually pulled that because the schools and the libraries were going to do their levies. They didn't want to compete. So the, the, they pulled it, but that doesn't mean it's not coming. That means that we have to wait till next year or another special election. Rumor has it this year there's going to be a huge bond issue uh, from the city and probably District 81 as well. Well, all the government budgets are in trouble because they're spending all their money on other things. And, and of course, we need government to fill the potholes. We need the public safety. You've got to fund the fire department to, you know, to whatever capacity they need uh, to service, you know. But what's crazy to me is the amount on top of what's necessary that's being spent to push political agendas and climate change and LGBTQIA, I think it's IA plus S2S. (laughs) And I don't know if they've had anything else, but all these monies that are just flowing everywhere, it doesn't seem like political entities can find a way to unradicalize their, their budgets and their purpose. And so, you know, we're sending all these... Uh, bureaucrats to equity trainings and all this other stuff. And we're spending our money there and not taking care of the basic needs of our citizens. Well, we used to have rules and good ones. 10% of all government costs for any project. Well, that was a maximum administrative cost, 10%. Now, 25, 35, sky's the limit. They spend any amount and every amount. And it's gotten absolutely out of control. Well, we saw that with the with the Riverfront Park redo, we saw the yep. administrative costs and the studies that they were doing and the contractors for uh, planning. And that's how they pay their buddies. Was, that's was, not how you yeah. get the job done. <clears throat> that's how, how you pay, pay people friends. off. Yeah. So this it's, it becomes organized crime in my view. It's money it laundering. Is. It's organized crime. And and I know it. And I'm, I wouldn't allow it when I was there. But it's happening now. In our, in our city government, we don't really hear our city council or investigators or whistleblowers trying to hold government accountable on these things. No, look at STA. It's a nightmare right now. The Spokane Taxing Authority? Nope. (laughs) Yeah, well, the Spokane Spokane Transit Transit System is really bad. Well, you know, Uh, my kids and I, I've talked about it on the show, when my kids were young, and this was years ago when there was less waste, I think, in the system than there is now, but we used to play the game, how many riders? And now it looks like they've put decals on the bus. So you can't count how many people aren't on the bus. No, I tinted the windows years ago so you couldn't see. But, but they had the lights on. You could still see. So you'd see like, you know, three yeah. or four people on a 40 passenger They're hitting bus. record lows right now in ridership. Yeah, but we're going to be looking at continuing all the funding. The costs keep coming. They keep, they keep getting their sales. Well, they got the increases. So they got chunks of money coming in, taxpayer money. Yeah. It's not going to stop. So you've seen... Um, a couple of different mayoral administrations come and go, not only as your time on council, but now as just a citizen that's forced to pay the taxes for what the council's not solving. So what do you see with this new administration and council looking through the lens of the last administration? I, maybe you didn't agree with everything the last administration does. It's politics. You don't agree with everything. But it seemed like there was maybe a, a course correction in a few areas or at least status quo. Now it looks like we're going to be heading into uh, another 
dimension. I see nothing but problems. Uh, when you realize the police chief, the fire chief of LAP. Yeah, I, so, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I understand the police chief leaving to some extent because there was so much political turmoil created. They tried to use the police chief's policing functions as a political tool in the election process to try to unseat the past, you know, Nadine Woodward. And so now, obviously, he'd have to serve under the political partners of someone that tried to personally destroy him as a political tool in a mayoral race. But I didn't think we'd see a fire chief leave yeah. when that fire chief, I don't think he was well, really it, planning it, on it's retiring. It's not just them. It's a bunch of their top staff going with them. And so you lose all that knowledge and continuity to make the departments run well. And they've lost that. It's not coming back because it's too late. They've already left. And then you look at other major problems the city has. It's They haven't updated a lot of codes and ordinances in the city, even before the this council, the previous council. In fact, they haven't been updated since I was on the council and we went through all of them. None of that's happened. So now they're way out of date. A lot of them have been overridden. Uh, that means laws or policies have occurred that make them no longer valid. So now you've got all of these rules that are just garbage. I'm sorry, they're, they don't serve a purpose and they can't really be enforced. Well, it's dead code. And, and if they try to enforce them, uh, a smart person is going to know bull and call bull. And the the pool that they want to attack, uh, if they can get away with it, they will. But it, it's there's some bad things coming. And I see it. Homelessness, they went to all that trouble to build a shelter, you know, rent it, maintain it, make it workable. I understand the whole policy will change. This mayor wanted a three-month budget, wants to change that, get rid of the warehouse attitude and, and do something else. Well, we did hear during the campaign cycle about possibly opening up, uh, and we've seen it over in Seattle, uh, opening of parking lots to uh, RV campers and people living in their cars and uh, basically just kind of proliferating, uh, I think, drug use for one, but also uh, impoverished living standards. I mean, we're going to turn corners of our city into third world country type living standards. We have major problems. We have the highest divorce rate, which should affect your interests in, in, in the religious community. We have the highest drug use we've had i'm not sure I think these are ever, like washington and spokane, spokane County. i'm talking spokane we're hitting the highest we've ever seen if not the highest the drug overdoses and, and the the actually overdoses i think we're breaking records now tragically these aren't i say records because people have died and overdoses either intentional or you know which is suicide which we're hitting records at too so we're hitting some really bad stuff in a stride into this year that's not going to be pretty. And I'm really concerned that the leadership of our city has got a lot of problems to take care of, and I don't think they're prepared for it. Well, and I saw the the slogan of the current administration uh, really was just, there's a better way. And, and I didn't really see a lot of specifics on that. We're <laughs> starting to see some of that laid out. But what I I see is not a better way. I see the same way. I mean, yeah. we I see state government. They set up committees and commissions that do all this work, and they use what they call the Delphi technique. And uh, you know, you go in 
with a predetermined outcome. You say, we're going to have a committee. They create a committee. Uh, they look at studies and research. And of course, the only things that make it out of that committee is that we're going to spend a whole bunch of money. We're going to change who that money goes to. And it goes to different political friends. And the problem just gets worse. I've, we've seen this cycle over and over. Yeah, you're uh, you're naming it. it. We saw and it at the state level. I mean, our current administration <laughs> is somebody that used to run our state government yep. by being the the head of the Senate in Washington state. Now looking at the the city policy, the direction that I see this going is the same way state government has gone, which is back in, oh, 2003, we had a state budget of $23 billion. We now have a state budget of $70 billion. And during much of that time, the current mayor was in charge of passing that budget in the Senate. And the better way is not really seeing like it's a different way it's just the same way regurgitated well yeah the city's going to try to pass off these problems and throw some money at it and try to get other people to do the dirty work for them and it's not going to work and well the people, i see the same people in these committees did you yeah. see the commissions they're setting up yep and and did you see a bunch of names in there you recognize that are part of those industries the currently? homeless camp yeah I, I yeah we don't need the voters have spoken we do not want homeless camping in our parks Near our schools, you know, we there's been a ballot issue. Now, whether they honor it or fight it, we don't know. Well, I think that they're going to find their way around it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after we take a break. We're going to be right back again with former city council person Bob Apple. Don't go anywhere. Thank you to all the listeners that listen to the show so we can all stay informed on what's going on here on the Right Spokane Perspective. We also want to thank all those who contribute to keep us on the air. All those contributions go directly to the cost of our airtime and production of Right Spokane Perspective. Again, you can help us out by going to rightspokaneperspective.com and contributing also, make those checks payable to Right Spokane Perspective LLC. Send them to P.O. Box 7620-99207. We appreciate all those contributions to keep us on the air. Also, this year, we're looking at maybe having local businesses. That's right, local businesses that are conservative, Christian, common sense-minded businesses that want to advertise to you, the listeners out there. We also like to help listeners find those good small businesses that we can support. Again, Right RightSpokanePerspective.com, Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, P.O. Box 7620-99207. Back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this. More about the city, well, and the state of affairs that we're going to be looking forward to on this Monday episode. So, Bob Apple, former city councilman with us today. You know, we talked about the homelessness issue, how uh, we don't really see it getting any better we just see them changing where they're putting the money maybe they'll put more money into it but in getting around that issue we were talking about when we went off into the break they're going to ask the voters for more money they're going to ask the voters we'll for see more what money. you yeah. do folks that's well, it well and we said no encampments near you know parks and and right. schools and things like that and so now what they're going to do is try to target um neighborhoods and finding places to put homeless encampments that are, you know, where they can put Agreeable out Agreeable parties that will agree, yes. Well, and, and, and there's going to be this demonization. I already see it coming of what they're, they're the NIMBYs, you know, not in my backyard. And, of yep. course, nobody wants That's crime rates. And we're just looking at Camp Dope. They called it Camp Hope. We didn't see any hope come out of it there except for a lot of money. There was no hope out of that camp. And they're looking at maybe building multiple 
versions of that in different areas of the city instead of enforcing the laws, getting people off of drugs. We're going to see that proliferate. Uh, well, at the same time, the activists that are in our city government are having effects at the state level and talking about tearing out the dams and giving real estate back to nature. Yeah, I know. You wanted to address that, and it is important. We've all heard a lot of people said, oh, no, they're not talking about that. Well, we found out not only is the Biden administration talking with our governor and with certain other interests to try to work out a deal to remove three dams on the Snake River. I thought it was four. Well, four, yeah, there are. they've included four, yes. Now it's apparently four. And the Fed and how much money everybody can kick in to help tear these dams down, which is a huge mistake because we living in the Northwest, we rely on that electricity to keep our lights on and keep our rates where they're at. If those dams go... Not only will our electric rates skyrocket, but what people have to realize is when you tear down a dam, and I've been been in construct, you tear down a dam, there's a huge mound of silt behind the dam. It's built up over decades on those dams. Mm -hmm. All that silt is going to just wash down the river. To us, it's not important, but to the fish, it's critical. Oh, the wildlife are going to be really... The silt will build up in the gills, will plug the gills of the fish, will literally kill all the fish. Yeah. So they will kill the fish for each dam they tear down, and that will mean they'll have to bring in fish that aren't native. And when you start to look at the whole mess you're creating, what was the purpose in the first place? It was to help the fish. Well, you're not helping the fish. You're killing the fish. You're killing them all. <laughs> well, and not only killing the fish, but you're also going to... Uh, so there's a whole litany of things here that I see having to do... Uh, this is the environmentalist side of me. And and I'm not an environmentalist in the political way. I'm kind of, I like to recycle. I like reusing things. I think we should... I'm a conservative. I, th- I think we all do. I think we should conserve... We think we're doing the right thing with the city when we recycle. But we don't know the city's just going to burn it anyway. Actually, and that's a... The, I should... We should jump into that topic another time because yeah. uh, I actually have a coworker that used to work at the recycling facility, and you think that oh, you're cleaning the plastic bottle, you're taking the <laughs> label off, and you know it's going to you the incinerator. You think they're going to recycle it it's and going, reuse it, but they're not. They're going to burn it, and, folks. And, it just gets burned. And and I say it's going to the incinerator. The people that work there, they just say it's going next door. Yeah. Yeah, and and so and that's the incinerator. <laughs> that's the incinerator, and and I think we should be smart. I think we should we should try to do the right thing. But a lot of the time we're roped into these things where we think we're doing the right thing, but it's just virtue signaling. Cause I, I it's hate either to tell going you to a landfill or going government to will lie to you and you have to be smart enough to look over the, the remarks and realize the lie for the lie. Come on, Bob, the government never lies to yeah, us. The vaccine is going to hundred percent work. Yeah. <laughs> the fact, you'll, you, you, you're not going to spread it, but you might get it. Oh, no, you, you're not going to get it, but you might spread it. Oh, well, I guess you're going to get it and I, spread it. So. I put up a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out of my backyard. Has it worked yet? <laughs> uh, we're all happy because we yeah, know the truth. Right. I hope there. I hope there's those uh, blood suckers. The, the only thing that would help the mosquitoes on that chain link fence is if you added bat boxes. You know, I, I have to admit it works during the winter. You know, it does. <laughs> it does work during the winter. That's awesome. You know, and that's the government will tell you that that's not effective way to deal with it. They come yeah. come up with a better way. You know, so you know, looking at the dams, we'll we'll go back to that because uh, obviously we know that all of our recyclables 
bulls are getting burned. So we should focus on that another day. And obviously our city government needs to be honest of what they can and can't recycle. Well, our government so needs to be time. honest about the dam situation and what they plan to do and quit having secret talks and discussions on how to tear down dams now. Right. Because it's not just those four. Them, you it's know? Just, the city of Spokane has a dam. We have more than, yeah, we, we have more than one, actually. And it's owned by the, the taxpayers, the city of Spokane. And if you tear out the four dams for the fish on the snake, before we even find out the truth from the government, because they won't tell us once they destroy the ecology of, of that area. Because one of the things is the multitude of issues with dams is that it's not just those dams. They get those tore out. They're going to tear out some more. Then they're going to ration uh, like California is doing. They're going to change all the regulations. Oh no, you can't have an AC unit unless it's this kind of AC unit that doesn't use any power. So it doesn't work. And you know, they're going to do all these things to limit your access to power. The cost of power will go up. We're going to have to spend a bunch of money on power that works intermittently like uh, the solar and the, and the well, we were, we were told that yeah, solar and wind's going to cure our, all of our problems. Well, 30, 40 years after they said all that, and they've spent billions, billions of, of taxpayers' dollars like 5%. making it. It's, yeah, it's woo, 5%. We are at maybe 5%. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's a joke. So tearing out the dams, that happens. Then they're going to come after the dams that we have. And it's not just electricity. It's also irrigation. We've got farmers that, that depend on it. It, it is irrigation, yes. We have a... We, People don't realize right out of Coeur d'Alene Lake, there's a dam. Then Upriver Dam, which is right outside the city limits of Spokane, but owned by Spokane, the city of Spokane. Yeah. And then there's one downtown right in Riverfront Park. You don't notice it. There's right, a dam. Right, right by there. the old uh, Washington Water Power. Yeah. Back well, there's, Washington then water there's power. a generating plant on the other side where the water flows the other route around the, the island, power. goes to a generator. Yep. And then there's one all the way down Nine Mile. Nine mile dam. That's right. So, and these aren't just only to produce power. In a way, some of the the power they production, control the water flow too. They help flood flood mitigation. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, when we look at the ecological impact here, so you get rid of the dams. People don't realize that the Spokane River in the fall, in the late late summer and fall through the winter, would be a trickle of water without the dams. Yeah, you would not see the river. It'd be it, gone. It would. It just. No more for the dams. You would not see the river at all during August. And and so we continue to have a water flow. And they talk about in-stream flow. What would end up happening is that not just farmland and rural land, you would have municipal water supplies that were limited. And so we're talking about rationing water now because we didn't hold the water back. So you're losing any hydraulic pressure that comes from the water that's sitting in the river that goes into municipal water wells. I don't, well, we don't know the impact. Cooley Dam is where we get a huge amount of our electricity. Yeah. Turn your lights on right here in Spokane mm -hmm. in your house. Well, Cooley Dam is also where they're and getting a lot of irrigation water. By, yeah. Bacon, siphon and tunnel system. When it was built and planned, it was supposed to be twice as big of irrigation area as it is today, yeah. which means we're losing out on all the less expensive vegetables and produce that come from More irrigated food. land. Right. Yeah. We're, so we're losing because government keeps getting in and interfering with what were originally good plans, but now they don't like them. Well, we haven't had her on the air in a little while, but we want to get Mary Dye back on. She's a state legislator, I believe out of the ninth legislative district. 
And she was actually going over to Congress telling them, hey, look, she's looking at plans back in the, I think, the 40s, 50s, and 60s that oh, yeah. the Columbia River Basin Project was supposed to be much larger than it is. There was landowners. big, yeah. There was landowners that made investments. Counting on it. Counting on water being there so that they can irrigate and then produce food for the world. And, and you know, we were told back in those days, oh, they're overpopulation. People are going to starve to death. Well, that didn't happen. In <laughs> fact, more people are fed in this world because of irrigation it, right here in Washington. we All that desert land, you know, my mom... Well, we've as a, got as a kid would travel through yeah. Eastern Washington, and she said uh, all the stuff that's green now, and they're growing stuff because of the the dam system. That's not desert anymore. But you also, back then it was scab land. You look at you look at those spore dams on the Snake River, in the Willamette Valley. It is one of the highest grade agricultural areas in the world. And you take those dams out, and you take out a lot of the agricultural water flow that they are drawing from. To make that happen. Yeah, well, and I think the people that drink beer and wine should get involved in this conversation. Maybe put the glass down for a minute because a lot of the hops and the and the grapes <laughs> for the wine and beer industry are grown in these areas. Yeah, they, they're, well, they're growing a lot of berries, but, but they're also the point is, a lot if you don't have produce. dams, you don't have a way to manipulate the water supply to irrigate. And without irrigation, you lose a lot of growth. You can't have most of our land and people go drive out west down here it's wheatland because it's not irrigated that's why it is wheatland it can grow with little water but if it were irrigated and you go down to walla walla whoa they've got everything well a lot of people don't realize that because of the dry farmer situation that a lot of those lands have that that they're leaning on the taxpayers because they have, I think it's, uh, what do they call it? Is it farm insurance? What that If they have a bad year and they plant a crop and nothing grows because right. the rains don't come. They, they do get have crop insurance. Crop insurance. They get bailed out by the, basically the government. It's crop insurance for the government. But they're cutting back yeah. a lot of those programs now. Yeah. So what people don't realize the farm bill hasn't passed. And a lot of programs that mm-hmm. help sustain the farmers, the funding isn't going to be there. And so it's we're looking at food. We're looking at energy. We're, we're looking at ec- economic. We've talked on this show about all the jobs. I mean, l- literally, towns would just dry up and blow away. I think I'm quoting Glenn Beck because he actually covered this just once on his national show about the, the craziness of tearing out dams here in the Northwest. But if they get what they want, environmentally, they're t- and it's not just recreation because, you know, People love going fishing on those rivers with their big, expensive boats. That's not going to float in a trickle no. of water. You're not going to have the water there. Environmentally, like Riverfront Park pretty won't be won't be beautiful <laughs> anymore. It'll be awful ugly. Uh, well, you're going to have to. Well, you don't see anybody fishing down down a Riverfront Park either. <laughs> right. What well, What you're going to see is you're going to see um, a lot more uh, of the damages from huge water flows in the runoff season. A lot of these, uh, you know, valleys were created by rivers that cut through them. And uh, you're going to see a lot more damage to the land because of flooding. And you're not going to have the consistent water. You're not going to have the consistent energy. But what about the environment? And I think the the people that are saying, oh, but it's for the fish. We're going to save two species of fish. And we're going to decimate our state economy, local economies. And then when we look at the environment, You're going to save two species of fish that were transplanted. Because yeah. all of the domestic fish have died 
due to a number of issues, but the biggest one will be that silt will kill right. every fish in the spoke in the Columbia River. It'll wipe them out. Right, and and so then they're going to expand this as soon as they as soon as they get it done in one place, tear out the dams. They're going to move on to the next set of dams. Well, they've been wanting to do this for so long. Those people, and we say those people because they won't tell us who they are. Is well, this our United States senator? Is is this the governor? Ask him and his, to his face, and they won't tell you the truth. Well, it's an, it's radical environmentalists that want to turn the the land back to nature. Uh, I, I saw a bumper well, sticker that's what actually they say. that said, more plants, <laughs> less people, right? Yeah. They want to depopulate. Well, they that's what turn they it back say. To nature. And, and what was it? Uh, when we were kids, it was, we're going to make nuclear reactors on every street corner. Well, that didn't work out very well either, did it? No. I mean, radicalism is radicalism, and I don't care where it's from. It, so we've got to have common sense. And I think this is an area where we've got to reach out to our legislators, our lawmakers, maybe our city government, and say, no, we don't want anything to do with this. We need energy. We need power. We need jobs. And we don't want to see all this water flow directly into the ocean because how many fish are in those rivers now where there won't be enough water for all they, of them? They, they make a, <laughs> fishing is a huge thing on the Snake River. Yeah. There's a lot of tourists that go down there to fish, and this would wipe that out as well. There goes Saying all the tackle that, shops, restaurants, and hotel oh, stays, right? Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of fish in that river that won't be there. It'll be different fish, yeah. and maybe it'll bring a, bring a crowd, and maybe it won't. This is a gamble with no no known end conclusion. You're, you're saying you're going to do it, but you're not looking at all of the effects. Well, I guess we can end the conversation with, you know, they, they talk about tearing out the dams and how crazy that is. I think there's some fishy things going on here yeah, that we need to get to the bottom of. And uh, if, if they want to destroy our, our environment, our economy, uh, they can go ahead and keep making these bad decisions. But until then, uh, citizens are going to have to get activated or we're going to see a radical change coming in the future. And it's not just to irrigation. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.